Welcome into Second Down right here on ESPN Radio. Christian Gokel alongside Cam Urshry and PJ Zuko. So much to dive into today. we got some roster updates to get to uh, when it comes to Georgia football. We have some NFL playoff talk to dive into. And then, you know, it's my favorite thing to do with PJ. We have some theoretical stuff to get into. PJ, are you are you ready to deep dive some stuff here? Uh, yeah, I'm on per- a Tuesday afternoon, I'm personally pretty excited for that. Like, there's uh, gonna be some takes. There's gonna be some opinions. There might be some tears. There's gonna be some yelling. Okay, all right, interesting. No, that's that's one of my favorite parts of the show every day. It's just figuring out what what you're uh, what you're asking me there in in that segment. So we'll we'll see. It's gonna be fun. Can we kind of talked about this while you were out? One of my favorite parts about the show is it's not really takes based. It's more so we talk things out. And we try to establish our opinion by talking things out. Okay. As you sit there with your national champs hat on, we can't <laughs> let that go. For those of you watching on the stream, Cam's got the official Georgia national champs hat on. Go dogs! Yeah. But yeah. That being said, we got a lot to dive into. So I want to start with kind of updating because it's just the world of the transfer portal now, and we knew it was going to be wild uh, after the national championship, just in terms of players leaving, players coming in. It's been mostly players leaving right now for Georgia and a lot of announcements uh, for players that are coming back. But that being said, uh, the guys you expected to leave are gone. The Darian Kendricks, the N'Kobe Deans, the Jordan Davises, right? The guys, uh, Devonta Wyatt uh, not coming back as well. You're still waiting. Lewisine uh, has entered the draft as well, and you're still waiting to hear from a couple important pieces. I, I'd say Quay Walker is probably the biggest one that you're waiting to hear for. But also over the weekend, you get the news that Nolan Smith has announced that he's going to be returning, which I think is massive because I don't want to say, I know we talked about this during the season, I don't want to say Nolan had a disappointing run at Georgia up till midway through this year, but I guess underwhelming have been the best way. Like He had, had some solid play and he performed uh, better than average as, as an outside linebacker, but coming in number one player in the country... Yeah. That's like Jadavian Clowney, Miles Garrett territory. Right. Right. So you were expecting a little bit more impact. And I know it's not really fair for him because he was buried behind some really talented guys on the mm-hmm. roster, i.e., Azizo Jalari, who's playing in the NFL right now. So it underwhelming. I had been, I think it was the best way. And he was a really good rotational player at the midway point in this season. And I think a couple things happened. I think he started performing well, and then the Adam Anderson situation arose where Adam Anderson uh, still dealing with his legal trouble with these sexual assault cases. But the Florida game was really Nolan's coming out party. He had the interception and the fumble recovery uh, inside that game. And then just more and more playing time, kind of like with a running back, got lathered up a little bit. And his pass rushing, he's always, since his freshman year, uh, he's been a really good run defender, just setting that edge. But when it came to getting after the edge as a pass rusher, a lot of times he got swallowed up by bigger tackles. Towards the end of this season, he really turned it on. And I think now with the name recognition, winning the national championship, and then coming on towards the end of the year, I think it was probably a smart move to come back. And a guy who maybe would have been late second, early third round pick, he comes back and just continues that trajectory. I think you could see him in the first round. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you said, it's, it's building on that momentum and that recognition. 
And we've we've seen this uh, from a number of guys around college football as well. We've talked about this specifically with with Georgia, with some of the guys with the potential of them coming back. Is it worth it to to come back for for most of them to be the guy on the defense? And I think for Nolan Smith, you ask and you say yes, and and that's why he's coming back. I think now he has the potential, as you said, at bigger, stronger, faster, if that's even possible right. anymore. Uh, but get bigger, stronger, faster, carry this momentum, be the guy on next year's defense that, that everyone turn to, turns to, and then also install that, that leadership aspect of being that vocal leader that everyone turns to, too. It, I, I love this segment on, on College Game Day where they had all the linebackers and you know just the front seven unit, and they're all talking to each other, and th- there was no doubt that they, look, they all looked to know Kobe Dean. Like they're all insanely good players, insanely yeah. talented, but when it came down to it, they all said that he was their leader. I think now you, going into 2022 in the yeah. football season, you could have Nolan Smith be that guy for the defense and 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 for that unit. So you add that as a tip in the cap also, and that just brings your draft grade up even more and more and you know possibly another national championship too. So, yeah, I, I think this is an incredible move for him. Very happy mm-hmm. uh, he, he came back, and uh, I think we're going to see him, like we said, rise up the board even more with how he plays next year and possibly being that guy. And obviously great for Georgia as well to have that type of talent back, at, at, especially when he's kind of blossoming yeah. the way he is. So a couple of other <laughs> big-time announcements for Georgia in terms of returning. Uh, the first one that really came out was Christopher Smith, which I think makes sense. I don't think he would have been an overly high draft pick. He dealt with some injuries, but in the two biggest games, kind of bookend the year, Clemson, uh, and then the Alabama game, he had interceptions in those yeah. games, and then he yeah. had made another great play uh, in the national championship as well, rotating over from a safety spot to break up a pass. So I think him coming back is a big deal. Georgia's recruited exceptionally well in the secondary, so they should be fine at that, but uh, Robert Beal, who really came on similar to Nolan, second half of the season, actually led Georgia in sacks with six and a half sacks uh, on the season, he's coming back. He's going to be a six-year senior next year. So you're kind of your bookend outside linebackers. You're going to have both of those guys back next year with a ton of other talent. But I think it was interesting what you said with Nolan Smith is you think about the guys that they were playing behind, just how deep it was. Jermaine Johnson transferred out yeah. of Georgia just to get more playing time. He yeah. said it straight up. He said, I, I need to get tape to give to the NFL. So he transfers to Florida State, and he's the ACC's Defensive Player of the Year. Couldn't get on the field enough in Georgia. Right, so like that outside linebacker room is ridiculous. So I think having Nolan back, having Robert Beal back, and then the younger guys that are back there as well is going to be really fun. I think Quay Walker is now the biggest piece, right? Because if you could keep him yeah. and some stability at that inside linebacker spot, Ooh. I think all of a sudden you can just go ahead and write Georgia in as probably the number one defense again next year because you still have Jalen Carter on the inside. You still have Zion Logan on the inside, uh, Warren Brinson. Uh, on the inside as well. All guys, Tremel Walthour, who all played significant snaps this year, rotating back in. And I've said it before, Jordan Davis is really good. Devonta Wyatt's really good. I think Jalen Carter's better than both of them. And he's back to be kind of your spearhead on defense. So Georgia could potentially be better. I don't want to say better, because that was a historically good defense, but could potentially be the best defense in college football again. I don't know if we'll see another season where defensively they give up 8.8 points a game. Especially in this uh, era of football. But I mean, I, we, yeah. we say that, but Kirby Smart has said this before, which is their goal is 13 points or less. And everyone's like, that's crazy. You can't do that. And he says, why not? Yeah, I mean, last time we saw it was what, uh, 2012 Bama? 
and 2011. Then 20, yeah, 2011. Well, yeah, they were back-to-back years, actually. 2011, mm-hmm. 2012, and then I think they had, like, what, 01 Miami, and then you have this Georgia team. Yeah. So, I mean, we're I think we'll see that again from Kirby Smart, but the two things I take from all these players coming back, especially those two that you named, uh, they're betting on themselves, and also Kirby wants them to come back. That's a big thing. Um, he wants you to come back and be, you know, a stellar point on this defense and <laughs> – that has to be something that exudes confidence in you as a player and just to boost your draft stock yeah. and maybe, you know, go at another shot in the well, national think, championship. To your point, I think the metric has changed now, though, because it used to be, hey, maybe I can boost my stock, but I also I need to start making some money. You can now stay and make money. Yeah. You can stay and get the NIL deals. So, like, Nolan Smith can make some cash. I know I saw Darnell Washington, I think, he had a uh, boost mobile spot. That's Georgia's backup tight end, getting yeah. a boost mobile sponsorship. So, like, it's the immediate press just to go get whatever money you can from the NFL has been reduced because you can make money while you're now in school. So I think a lot of these guys are looking and saying, i.e. a Nolan Smith, Jordan Davis did this, and he's going to be a first-round pick. I could be a second, third-round pick, or I can come back, be the marquee guy, and be a first-round pick. So like you said, betting on yourself, but also the knowledge that you can make cash while you're still in school I think is really big. Uh, a couple of other guys to talk about here, Tyke Smith, was a huge name at the start of the season, transfers in from West Virginia, All-American, tears his ACL before he even gets a chance to see the field for Georgia. He is coming back. So you talk about Christopher Smith uh, at the safety spot. Tyke Smith will probably slide into that star position for Georgia, or he can draw back and play safety because another guy, William Poole, who we saw playing that slot uh, kind of nickel corner for Georgia, they call it star, uh, in the national championship in the semifinals, he's coming back as well, and I think he's a six-year senior as well. So just a lot of depth coming back for Georgia in that secondary, even though you do lose a Lewis scene and a Darion Kendrick. Keely Ringo uh, will be, I think technically he's going to be a sophomore next year, but he's really yeah. a junior. Uh, in terms of, sophomore, uh, yeah, since he, yeah, since he's okay. been at Georgia. So he's he'll be back. Uh, and then a ton of other guys that Georgia's recruited as well. Uh, flipping over on the offensive side of the ball, we haven't heard from Kyrus Jackson yet. We may have. I'll have to, I'll have to look on Twitter. But I've, for everything I've seen, we haven't heard from Kyrus Jackson yet. Uh, but Offensive line should be pretty solid again next year in terms of really the only guy you're losing is Jamari Sawyer. And you saw him rotating at guard and tackle in the national championship game. So a couple of spots that will have to get solidified there. Running backs, obviously James Cook and Zamir White are gone, but you do have just the depth there that we've seen year after year from Georgia. Name to keep an eye out for because he was in Athens for the uh, parade and national championship celebration. Eric Gilbert. Oh, uh, tight end from LSU. Yeah, yeah. there are okay. fans will remember he was big-time number one tight end in the country, went to LSU, balled out his freshman year, then transferred to Georgia. Some situations arose. He wasn't able to play for Georgia this season, uh, but a couple of reports kind of indicating if we do see him playing football, it'll be in Athens next year. So that could be a big uh, – you're kind of waiting to hear from Darnell Washington because there have been some speculation out there that he could transfer out. Just You're playing behind Brock Bowers. Yeah. You want to get more playing time. That's going to be yeah. tough. You're playing behind the best tight end in college football. Understandable. Yeah. yeah. I heard Georgia has a nice freshman running back coming in, too. I mean, you know, they get running backs uh, every Branson single year. Branson Robinson out of yeah. Mississippi. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the offense but even looks like it's going to be exciting. Even if you don't, think about the three-headed monster. Kendall Milton, Dejan Edwards, and Kenny McIntosh. I think Milton, I mean, we said it, what, maybe a year ago? Yeah. We think we, he's going to be, like, really special if he can stay healthy, though. Mm-hmm. Like, he reminded us a little bit, like, ran. I'm, I'm not saying he is, but he ran kind of like Nick Chubb, though. Just had that. He's definitely a, he's definitely a power back. But either way, I mean, I think if you stick Dejan Edwards back there and yeah, say, yeah, "Hey, you're that. our guy," 
I think he's going to catch you close to 100 yards a game. So George is going to be okay there. And then obviously the biggest decisions we're waiting to hear. Reports come out this weekend. JT Daniels is hitting the transfer portal. I think that one is incredibly interesting to see where he goes. Mm -hmm. uh, I know the joke that we've been saying is, does he just go back to Clay Helton and we see JT Daniels slinging around in Statesboro? I'm not going to say that's not going to happen. Like if I was doing like Vegas odds, it would probably be in the top four, but I don't, I, I don't think JT's transferring to Statesboro. Right. I think we see him in the power five somewhere. Does he go back to the West coast uh, somewhere? I know UCLA could be have a quarterback battle out there. I just wonder if he goes somewhere where he knows he's going to be the guy. Yeah. So I, I would imagine that even a smaller power five school, I, I can definitely see that. And you know, cause at the end of the day, he's still thinking NFL draft, right? Yeah. I think you got a ring, right? Either way, even if you weren't the start, starting quarterback for, for Georgia, right? So I think he's thinking draft and just somewhere to, to utilize his talent. Maybe he goes to a smaller uh, power five school and just balls out next year. Yeah, he does the, the Jacob Eason, right? Where yeah. he comes in, he's the guy, gets replaced by the guy behind him, and then transfers back out to the West Coast. Yeah. And gets drafted. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I think JT will be, he'll be okay. He has a nice arm. Well, it's amazing nice that we're it. here right now because yeah. literally all season long it was, when are we going to see JT? When are yeah. we going to see JT? We need JT. Can't win a national championship without JT. Now it's, hey, JT, okay. we appreciate your time, big dog. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate you helping us out through COVID and getting that Clemson win there. Uh, good luck in all your future endeavors. And it, it's okay because we, we have Stetson, maybe. Uh, we'll, that was we'll that's, see. that's the next point <laughs> is yesterday was the deadline to declare for the NFL draft. Now... A lot of players will come out and put these big, long, eloquent, multi-paragraph thank yous out announcing that they're going to NFL draft, but you don't have to do that. Yep. You submit your paperwork to the NFL. That's not public knowledge. The NFL is a private business. You submit to the NFL, and then I want to say it's the 22nd. They, they send all of the draft-eligible players out to the NFL teams and that's usually when you get that full list of players. So they got a few days if they want to make their own announcement, uh, but we got to wait and see. Is number 13 going to be back in Athens next year? Yeah, exactly. I do love the news flash for everybody there, too. Like, listen, how you declare for the draft isn't just on social media. Correct. Like, you actually have to go through a private uh, email, like like contract list or whatever, yeah. and, and you don't have to put that out. I, I mean, I, I do yeah. I do love that. But, no, it's it's going to be crazy to see. Uh, how how all that works out for sure, and you talk about everyone everyone leaving and possibly you know transferring out and and the guys coming back and everything. I think the most exciting thing for for Georgia also is who else do you get? Like the, there's there's another signing day. Not only that, but let's be real. There's a lot of the big names. A lot of the quarterbacks right now have already announced where they're transferring to, right? Yep. But there is a huge long list of talent still in the transfer portal. It's not going to be announced for probably a month or two. Like they're, they're, they're going to take their time and, and figure it out. So there's a possibility, even with the depth that Georgia already has coming back on defense and offense, that you get two or three more studs that could be balling out for this team uh, or wherever that would be. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like, all the transfer portal stuff doesn't just happen in a week. You know, it's... Free agency. Yeah. But see, it's they could come in agency. July. Like, but see, it's, agency, so, it's so different, though, is it's just when you look at the different levels, right, it's a lot of teams are getting players that can't get on the field other places, right? Like yeah. Justin Robinson, uh, Georgia wide receiver, he's transferred officially uh, to Mississippi State, right? So it's just 
you're getting guys that can't play for Georgia and Alabama, right? Whereas Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, they're going to come and take your best player. Yeah. Like what Alabama did to LSU and Georgia Tech. They went and took Jameer Gibbs and they took Eli Ricks. And yep. Toa Toa, who's yeah, Henry actually Toto, coming back. Yeah, Henry Toa Toa is coming back to play yeah. for Alabama next year. So it's Georgia has, I want to say, like eight to ten spots, depending on what what some of these players decide to do with their NFL futures. Right. Georgia's going to get somebody through the transfer portal. Yep. I don't know if it's a quarterback, maybe another corner. Darion Kendrick worked out pretty well on a one-year lease. Like, it's... Yeah. <laughs> Boy, did he. <laughs> yeah, won two national championships, one with Clemson, one with Georgia. Oh, he was there in 18? Yeah. Went, dang, he's had a nice uh, college career. <laughs> he could brag about that. Yeah, so two national championships for Darion Kendrick. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who Georgia goes out and gets because, like I said, it's you can kind of, instead of waiting for something to fall open to you, you can just kind of walk through the grocery store aisles and pick out what mm-hmm. you want and grab them and bring them over. So it's going to be interesting to see. If I had to imagine... Georgia's quarterback for next year is already in Athens. I I agree. Yeah, yeah. I've been seeing those the speculations of Caleb Williams. I don't think that's happening, but that was a, that was that was interesting because it came out and it was like, hey, Georgia's a front runner. Yeah, for Caleb Williams, just because apparently there's like an NIL deal in place. But I think the one that makes the most sense would be USC and Lincoln Riley. Yeah, I mean, Agreed. it would. Um, I could see. I'm not going to. But that being said, Georgia yeah. put more fans in the stands in on like a 30 degree day in Athens for a championship celebration than USC did for any of their games this season. <laughs> so, <laughs> poor old USC. Maybe the NIL, the NIL deals aren't quite that good out there. We're still looking at those TV deals, and if you're playing on Pac-12 after dark versus SEC on ESPN, that's a little bit different. Yeah, nobody's watching. There's a reason Spencer Rattler transferred to South Carolina. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because he could have went out west to UCLA or one of those teams. Correct. But you want to be on TV. Like buddy. he could have gone. He could have gone sure. to one of the. Or you can't tell me that Oregon, as Spencer Rattler had said, "Hey, I want to come to Oregon and play for a contender." Yeah. Like, and that was before Bo Nix committed, right? right? Yep. Yeah. So right. it's like I could go and play for a contender, or I can go play for a mid-level SEC school, but know that I'm going to have featured matchups again and again and again and again. Yep. And Greg Sankey kind of flexed on everybody. <laughs> at Georgia's national championship presentation where he said, that 14 playoff worked out pretty good for us. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. So you have the billion-dollar TV deals. You have all of the, like, think about it. ESPN primetime, uh, CBS 330 is all SEC. And so Spencer Rattler, who was the Heisman favorite to start this year, transferred to South Carolina. Yep. You know why? Because he knows he's going to play, what, he'll play Georgia in Columbia. Florida. He's gonna play Florida. He might he's, be playing playing Bama. He's gonna play Tennessee. And he plays Texas A and M this year. I, I yep. think I did see that. So he has a lot of good matchups. These guys know what they're doing. Oh yeah. So I'm curious to see where Caleb Williams decides to go because that's he might be the biggest free agent, quote unquote, in college football history. You don't you don't get a guy with, them, yeah. you don't get a guy that's that good with three years of eligibility left. Maybe the only one is Justin Fields, but I mean he but, went but, but, Georgia. But, but when Ohio Justin State Fields quit. left, it was. Is he going to get that clearance? That's true. Right? Is he going to get that? And also, Justin Fields hadn't had anywhere near the production level. Yeah. yeah so in hindsight, you can look back and say, yeah, dude, was unbelievable. But in terms of like what he had already done on the field and then leaving, it's like if, it's like if Justin Fields had come in, taken Georgia to a conference championship game as the starting quarterback and then decided to transfer out. Because what, Caleb lost, what, one game? I think just one game or was it two? 
I know they I lost. I think he maybe two Baylor, and then they lost in Stillwater to Oklahoma State. Yeah, I think he lost. Two. Okay, I mean, they, still yeah. nice season though. I mean, it was right. really nice season. So, yeah, you you probably right about that. He's probably the biggest transfer ever on the market. Yeah. Well, that's only that's only going to get bigger. Correct. I feel like. You know? Correct. I mean, there's going to be more Caleb Williams in the future. Oh, a thousand sure. percent. It's all going to hinge kind of I, I think on coaches leaving and then the players following suit. So it's going to be fascinating to see. We got to take a quick break. We're way over here. We'll come back and talk some NFL playoffs next. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. All right, we got a lot of NFL playoff stuff to get to, so we're going to go through them and just hit some quick hits, initial thoughts on the results. I think some surprising results, but for the most part, pretty much went chalk this week. A lot of blowouts. I thought my favorite tweets were all the college football writers saying, man, a lot of blowouts this round. We should probably expand it. No? 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 Uh, All right. I mean, anyway. No, because I know where that's coming from. Yeah. I, I don't like it because I want no. the expansion. Yep. Anyway. anyway, moving on. Uh, I think biggest result of the weekend, Bengals 26, Raiders 19. First of all, I want to give the Raiders credit because they did all of this after firing their head coach. Uh, yeah. So they make it all the way to the playoffs and lose a really tight one. But for the first time since before text messaging was a thing, the Cincinnati Bengals won a playoff game. And I just think it's cool because Joe Burrow in his career – still remains, like high school and NFL, still remains unbeaten without an interception in <laughs> gotta have, quote-unquote, gotta have it games. The dude just wins football games. Yeah, yeah. Even when his, his, his team's pushed up against the back. But uh, th- that's one of those things that, like, that's going to end at some point. But the fact that it's still going is insane. It's like Trevor Lawrence, like, never losing a game, period. Right? Yeah. Like, it, it, was, it was crazy. Uh, the, Until the he, had, he ran into... I think it was his last year at Clemson. Was uh, it they, Joe they Burrow? Got, got beat by, yeah, I think so. So I mean, <laughs> Joe Burrow. That, that streak's going to come to an end at some point. <laughs> but so far, it's been insanely impressive. I did love the tweet from, sorry, uh, I did love the tweet from the Bengals right after it. Send that text. Yeah. yeah send that text. Send that text. As, as soon as possible. For the first but, time ever, Cincinnati Bengals I have won a that, playoff like, game. It matched up like that, though, because it's one of those matchups. It's like... Uh, the Raiders and the Chargers the week before that. It's like both those teams insanely impressed with what they did, like really want to see them go far in the playoffs, and then they match up against each other. Oh, I don't like, care ah. about the Raiders. There's like literally no players on the Raiders I have like an emotional connection to. I don't care about that. I just wanted to say <laughs> give them some credit because they made, they did all this after firing their head coach. They did. They like, did. They Joe really Burrow, did. he has all the Infinity Yeah, Joe Burrow is like one of my bro. favorite players <laughs> in the NFL. No, he has like the Infinity Stones. for. He's a top five quarterback right now. Oh, yeah, I don't ask a question. Too, yeah, like without said, without I mean, the I mean, there's people that doubt that doubts that, that which is crazy. But him and Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Joe Filthy. Mixon, yeah. they have a chance to um, my my Super Bowl team, the Titans, they have a chance to beat them. They have a chance to beat them this Saturday. All right. Well, before so, before we start previewing, ooh, let's keep recapping. Burrow's nice. Uh, later that night, the Buffalo Bills absolutely demolish the New England Patriots. Josh Allen, 21 of 25, 308 yards and five touchdowns. Five yeah. touchdowns. Let me touch on He's like the most inconsistent quarterback ever. Like, he'll light it up one week, and then he'll throw three picks against the Falcons and can't move the ball. Yeah. I don't know what to take from Buffalo. Like, they're good. They're the best team in the league Saturday. They were the best team by far. Well, and then only the next four week, teams played on Saturday. So. Yeah, but, I mean, then the next week, they're terrible. They're just flat-out <laughs> terrible. I don't know what to take from them, like. It's weird, but credit to the Bills. I couldn't believe that. That was the most shocking. All right, an- another blowout. First game on Sunday, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 31, Eagles 15. 
Uh, I guess my biggest question from this is, is Jalen Hurts the guy in Philly, or now with one of their three first-round picks, do they go after a quarterback? I've seen a lot of places them saying that, but I, I think with, with Hurts, this, this is what I struggle with. He's never had the confidence in him. Like He's, he's never had the coach or like anyone behind him just be like, yeah, this is our guy. And now, like right when they lose to the best quarterback ever, in, in Tom Brady and a solid defense in Tampa Bay, it's automatically like all the headlines are they should get a new quarterback. So I don't know. I'd like to see at least one more year with him being the guy and, and someone, you know, you know, people putting confidence in him and see where they go. Uh, I think they were impressive this year. The fact that yeah. they made the playoffs, I think, was was pretty pretty big in and of itself. They so, made the playoffs, and now they get three picks in the first round inside the top yeah. 16. That's what I'm saying. Load them up with talent Thanks and see where they go next year. Thanks a lot. It's not a huge and Indianapolis. It's not a huge quarterback draft this year it, either. So yeah, that like, was going to be my point. Is I don't think there's a ton of great NFL they might talent. Might try to trade for a quarterback, Russell Wilson. Um, but like, how many of your first round picks are you giving up to get Russell Wilson? True, and he's. Going I say to, two. He's going to the Steelers, so it's fine. Oh, oh, wow! <laughs> are you putting that one out there? I'm not going to say where I think. I'm not going to say where I think it go. But if I say the team, Krishna would be mad. Speak but, it into man. existence. He's he's going to end up going to New Orleans. I don't think so. I, I think they're going to pull something. Off. I don't think they got the money for it. Like huge. See, the Falcons have a bad salary cap situation. Look no, at what, oh, yeah, New Orleans yeah, is bad. Look at what New Orleans got going on. I don't think it's as bad as the Giants though, because the Giants kind of went all in, which is funny because you have Daniel Jones. But I think they said <laughs> after they like redid like the contracts and the cap situation, they've got like fifteen grand in cap space. They got two. They got two it's first so round bad. picks though. Yeah. Two top. Top seven, if five to seven. If having a first round pick's fine. You still got to pay them. Like, yeah. Remember the, what the Falcons had to do to kind of structure around just to get Kyle Pitts paid? Hey, yeah. I, I, trade Julio Jones was, yeah. was part of it. <sighs> Don't say that. Don't say that. No, I mean, I, if you want to just Don't laugh at an NFL team, just Don't look at every phase of the New York Giants football team other than Saquon. It's, ter- it's terrible. Hold on. We're talking about winning teams here. Uh, moving on, I think the most surprising result of the weekend, 49ers 23, Cowboys 17. So many Cowboys tears out there. Oh, 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 that was not surprising. So, well, not to Cam. Cam had the Niners. Uh, Debo Samuel is electric to watch. Running back, wide receiver, whatever it is, the dude just scores. And listen, if you're an SEC fan, you knew this already. For sure. Like yeah. uh, The rest of the country is learning this. If you have watched SEC football at all over the past three or four years, you knew this because Debo's that dude. But he's tearing it up out there. They went 23-17. to 17. But my question is, does the three-second rule suck? Yeah, not I mean, in, not in the NBA in the NFL right. where it's basically if you spike the ball, the three seconds it yeah. has to be before three seconds to spike the ball. Yeah, that's terrible because it doesn't nah, take three I seconds mean, that, to spike. Yeah. The ball. yeah, it doesn't take three seconds. I, I think it's I think it's really bad. Then again, so was a play call. So I mean, we're oh. not going to talk. Yeah, who's gonna who's gonna run a draw when you gotta have it? Yeah, you guys yeah, gotta, you throw, gotta, that gotta have, yeah, you just gotta throw that football away. You just gotta throw that. I don't think that was a play call. I don't think that was a play call because none of the offensive linemen got downfield. Which I understand on a draw, you kind of let everybody come upfield, but not even like the center of the guard released downfield, which a lot of times you'll have them as your lead blocker. I go. think that was Dak Prescott. No, well, I mean, that's if it the was, Cowboys being the Cowboys. If it was, then that yeah, exactly. That's then that's even worse because if you look, I know it's like, well, he just made a split decision, whatever. But you're a quarterback, you got to at least evaluate, and you look to the to the left. There's a guy seven yards downfield in an out route that's wide open. So, like, if you truly just want to get a few more yards for your last play of the game, you had a perfect one right there. I love that so, Prescott, but he's one of what three quarterbacks that make forty million a year in the um in the league. Yeah. I think Josh Allen and Mahomes are the other two. Right, and they won their playoff game. Yeah, I'm, yeah. 
the Cowboys, they're just predictable every time they get to the playoffs. They may win a game, but they haven't been to the NFC Championship in 27 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a just, minimum of three seconds must be on the clock for a spike play. Yeah, so like the play call otherwise, is dumbfounding, but that rule is ridiculous. Otherwise, yeah. any spike after it will result in the rest of the clock being run off. Yeah. Ooh, how about them Cowboys, baby? I was so happy. That was, that but it's was like, my it's kind of like it's kind of like Donovan McNabb not knowing that there's overtime. Like it's just like if you're right. an NFL quarterback, you should probably know that. You, yeah, you should. And know And so you got to get up and get the right. snap off and just throw one towards the end zone. But again, Cowboys lost. Uh, everybody outside of Dallas uh, is just enjoying that result. Uh, later that night, listen, <sighs> the Chiefs had kind of been okay. Ben Roethlisberger got me to buy in with his "We suck, we shouldn't even be here" speech. And lo and behold, he was telling the truth. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this game was going to be a little bit closer. Uh, it was not. Uh, the best part of this game was the San Francisco, or the San Francisco, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs on their scoreboard put up a message that says, to all of our fans, we apologize. We've run out of touchdown fireworks. Dang. Like, that's just the ultimate flex. Yeah. So they win that one 42-21. Patrick Mahomes has five touchdowns in this game. Jared McKinnon. Getting her done. Good 12 carries, 61 yards. Travis Kelsey went off five receptions, 108 yards, and a touchdown. And then finally, the game last night. Lord have mercy. Matthew Stafford <laughs> with the Stetson Bennett uh, stat line. Yeah. 13 to 17, 202 yards, two touchdowns. Did what he needed to He's do. He was just doing his best Stetson Bennett impression, baby. Yeah, why getting, not? getting her done. Sony Michelle out there, 13 carries, 58 yards. He got about half of that on the first play of the game. For the most part, though, it was Kyler Murray throwing the football to the Rams yeah. that did them in. Struggle. Struggle there. Now, don't forget about Cam Akers, though. He had a really solid Cam, game Cam as Akers well. had an extremely solid game. That, but, Ram de- but, yeah. that Rams defense. You give him that many opportunities, and, and yeah, especially if you do anything questionable against this Rams defense, they're going to make you pay, and, and they, they did it every single time. They got uh, the old Falcons D.C., don't they? Yeah, uh, Raheem Morris. Man, that Rams yeah. defense is something. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Raheem Morris is that guy. He gets to live in L.A., and he gets to have uh, Aaron Donald as the tip of his spear. Yeah, he's yeah. – I think he's doing all right. Jaylen his Ramsey. life is okay. Man, I mean – But, no, think about it. Like, they're – what they did is immensely impressive, just making that salary cap work, but the acquisitions. You go get Jalen Ramsey to play corner for you. You go get OBJ to play wide receiver for you. You go get Sony Michelle as another running back from the Patriots. You go get Matthew Stafford as your quarterback. Like, they're like the Michigan State – of yeah. the NFL yeah. this year where they just completely flipped That's their team point. in the offseason. Oh, by the way, we need some edge rushing help. Let's go get Von Miller. Why not? And they got the guy that's, throw him in there. that won the freaking triple crown at wide receiver in Cooper Cup. Yep. I mean, I think it's that, yeah. he's the fourth, that's the fourth time it's happened. And OBJ scoring said, touchdowns yeah. in oh, OBJ, I mean, yeah, he like, looks good. He has, what, six touchdowns But what's amazing is you can look yeah. at all the fan bases and say, hey, Cleveland, it wasn't OBJ's fault. Hey, mm-hmm. Detroit. It yep. wasn't Matthew Stafford's fault, exactly. right? You can look at all these fan bases and be like, mm. had the vouch for Stafford for years and kept saying it's not his fault. He's in Detroit. They ruined yep. Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson. As soon as Stafford leaves, he wins a playoff game. He has a chance to go to the Super Bowl this year. And sorry to bring them back up, but you mentioned the salary cap. Just think of this. The Rams, with all their players yeah. and, and them now going to the next round of the playoffs, they have a better salary cap situation than the New York Giants. Dang. And that's saying the something. New York Giants have like seven players on their team. How, how? I think it's like that Olivier Vernon contract is just like still it's eating crazy. them alive. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Something. All right, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to dive into the theoretical conversation because I, I need there, – there's no correct answer to this. Maybe there is. There's a lot of Georgia fans who are going to call in and argue that there's absolutely a correct answer to this. But there's there's no right or wrong answer. So we're going to come back. I'll pose the question. Uh, we'll even open up the phone lines if you want to give your opinion on this question. 
I'll tell you what it is when we come back right here on ESPN Radio. All right. Let's make some people mad. Christian Gokel here on second down. I'm going to pose this question to you guys kind of as a blind test. We have two players here, both playing the SEC, and we're just looking at their true freshman seasons. Okay? One player, or both of these guys scored at least 14 touchdowns. One scored 14, one scored 15. All right, as true freshmen. One player, average, let's take a look. Yep. 15.6 yards per play, scored 14 touchdowns. Other player averaged five or averaged six yards per play and scored 15 touchdowns. Right? One player scored every four times he touched the football. The other player scored every 18 times he touched the football. Which one of those is more impressive to you? I mean, the the one that had the higher... Mm, were they all like, were they all lined up there? So the one that had the higher yards per yards per play also had 14 touchdowns and, and scored, scored every time? Scored, scored yeah, once every, every four. four times? Yeah. yeah, I'd say that one, right? Cam? I mean, yeah, I would agree. It's clearly, well, a running back and wide receiver, right? So the player that scored every four times he touched the football is Brock Bowers. Okay. The player that scored every 18 times he touched the football was Herschel Walker. Yeah. Brock Bowers, as a true freshman (laughs) tight end, had one less touchdown than 1980 Herschel Walker. Now, I know there are football people in their car right now <laughs> just losing their minds, and there is a reason I put the stats out there like that. <laughs> Obviously, Herschel Walker was the backbone, heart and soul. Uh, you know, he wasn't even the backbone. He was the backbones, the lungs, the stomach, the liver, the yeah. heart, the entire part of that football team. Yeah. Carry that team to a national championship as a true freshman. So Herschel Walker is far and away the best true freshman season of all time. All right, so I just want to clear the air right there. But I do think it's funny because we keep saying, yeah, Brock Bowers had a great freshman year. No, Brock Bowers had like a historically great like monumental freshman year. Build the statue now. Yeah, so so yeah. good that I think you have to start looking at it as like number two behind Herschel Walker. Now, there's some other guys I'm going to put out there. The one that stuck out to me is Jalen Hurts. Which I think it's funny because we were talking about him in the last segment, but as a true freshman quarterback at Alabama, left the field with the lead after like leading a two-minute drill drive with a unbelievable touchdown run in the national championship against Deshaun Watson and Clemson. Leaves the field with the lead. Deshaun Watson comes on, obviously brings him down the field and throws the game winner to uh, Hunter Renfro. But Jalen Hurts, as a true freshman quarterback with the Ferrari that is Alabama, was able to get them within a stop of winning the national championship and then brought them back the next year. But we're just talking about freshman years. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, if, if I remember right, I know it's not the national yeah. championship. You were using that for reference, but like, didn't he do the same thing to LSU that same year? Fairly certain. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, just in every big game, it was freshman Jalen hurts. USC. Coming the up beginning big. Of the well, year. so yeah. USC beginning of the year, he wasn't the starting quarterback. Yeah, he uh, wasn't. Uh, I forget right. the dude's name. Bateman. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, uh, was a starting was. quarterback, and then it, but Jalen Hurts did end up playing and dominating in that game. Yeah, yeah. that's the one where that. USC came out and they were kind of like, <laughs> like hold me back. I just hold saw me. that I was like, who is yeah. this kid running around? Like, never heard of him. I'm yep. Like, who is this running around? My friend, he's a Bama fan. I'm like, who is this kid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's lighting up USC. He's just like, lighting wait, them this up. is an Alabama quarterback. Why is he leaving the pocket? Like, yeah, what, it, what is that, going on? That's why I was kind of thinking. I mean, I know we had seen Blake Sims. Yeah, against USC, six of eleven. Yeah. 
Chase of Atlanta, 118 yards, two touchdowns, nine rushing attempts, 32 yards, two touchdowns. Four for a second, TDs. I was like, four TDs against USC. For a second, USC. I was like, when they get Blake Sims just changed his number. Like, yeah. what, what, <laughs> but no, in, in 15 games as a true freshman, uh, he had 36 total touchdowns, nine interceptions, uh, and then 2,700 yards through the air and 954 yards on the ground. True freshman in the SEC. And lost yeah. to freaking Deshaun Watson. That's right. what you lose to. I mean, play, you, yeah, can't yeah. <laughs> you can't get mad at that. You can't get mad at that. Left the field with, with the, the national championship basically in hand, right? I mean, he, he he put his team in the best position to win. That's Deshaun um, Hitman Watson, man. I love Deshaun geez. Watson. That's hard to argue against. Like, that's with, with between the two. You know, right. with Bowers, just because with Bowers, wasn't Bowers the, the – uh, Go ahead, touchdown against Alabama. No, Georgia was up by one. Okay, uh, and it stretched yeah. it out yeah. to eight. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yep. the the eighty Mitchell touchdown catch, right, was yeah what put him was what put him up. Bowers, I I could say this that the season Kyle Pitts had at Florida, I, I'm pretty sure Bowers was a little bit more impressive. So what you're but you're comparing you're, com, you're comparing Brock Bowers game. freshman year to Kyle Pitts' junior, junior season year, yeah. but I will say Kyle Pitts in his junior season he Missed only played games, he, pl- yeah. he only played 8 games yeah. and he still had like 700 and something <laughs> yards Crazy. I try I tried I tried you know I tried and move well, I would hear I would hear arguments bit. on either side of that but what's funny is at the beginning of the year like some people were saying hey this dude is like Kyle Pitts asking him, he was like, you need to calm down. And then at the end of the season, almost had a thousand yards receiving and had fourteen touchdowns. It's like yeah. Kelsey and Kittle had a, a baby. Mm-hmm. And Brock <laughs> Bow- no, like for real. It's, it's true. Yeah, it's like Ke- Kelsey and uh, Kelsey and Kittle had a baby. Like Brock Bowers yeah. could get down and dirty too. Yeah. Now you know who people though. you know who people forget about uh, as an amazing freshman season just because I think who he was playing with and just because the team didn't end up being great is freshman Nick Chubb. He had 1,500 oh, yards rushing. The year Todd Gurley. And he only started eight yeah. games. Todd Gurley got, got suspended. suspended. Yeah. yeah. But it's like you kind of knew he was going to be amazing because it was that first game of his career was against Clemson in Athens, and he scored a touchdown with one shoe. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah broke all those people. tackles. Yeah. <laughs> scored a touchdown yeah. with one shoe. And scored, he had, he, so he, talking about a lot of touchdowns, he was only one touchdown away. Uh, he had 14 touchdowns He could have actually yeah. won like the Heisman that year had he just played more games. He played eight I games. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're sitting behind TG3. You're not going to get too much time sitting behind TG3. That's tough, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, Eric Zier had a great freshman year for Georgia. Bo Jackson uh, at Auburn. Peyton Manning had a really good one. I love this one from Emmett Smith. Uh, Emmett Smith in his first ever SEC game, 39 carries, 224 yards, and two touchdowns. True freshman. Insanity. I mean, think about that. It's I don't know, man. It's it's crazy. You look at the generations and the eras of college football, and th- thinking about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, for a running back, I, I know just a few years ago we had what, um, you know, Pirine go off yeah. for Oklahoma, but that's mm-hmm. such a rarity. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, that that was just like every week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and someone going for a buck fifty, two hundred yards on the ground. So, I think I mean, and Nick Chubb never tore his ACL. I think he would have may have broke uh, Herschel's record too. His rushing record. Yeah, that was then that that Tennessee injury was tough. Yeah. But uh, another guy I want to mention here because I just don't think we talk about him enough because it was kind of the beginning of Texas A and M inside of the SEC. 2014, Miles Garrett, true freshman, eleven and a half sacks. Yeah, another goon. Eleven and a half sacks. It's, yeah, ridiculous. I think it's just so like there's so many. I don't know. You got it people was, tweeting at me saying uh, Johnny Manziel. He was a redshirt freshman. Yeah, redshirt. Right. He wasn't I thought about that for a second <laughs> and just. 
He won the Heisman. I think if you was a true freshman back then, could you win the Heisman? Yeah, you can, you can always win the Heisman. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. It's just they I were so like... That. Well, Tim Tebow was the first like underclassman to win it as a sophomore. Yeah. Okay. And I think coaches a little bit over the past 10 years or so, maybe it's the development in high school, I'm, I'm not sure. But I think coaches are more willing to just let guys go out there and play nowadays. And because of that, you're seeing more freshmen and sophomores actually get voted for the Heisman. So... Like, I don't know. There's still like there are still the people who kind of skew the other way with that, or like the reason that the Mackey Award didn't include Brock Bowers in it, which is just a travesty. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I think freshman. there's still yeah. some doorkeeping, but and maybe who? not as much. Who, right, won? who won that? I couldn't tell you. We gotta take a break though. We're way over <laughs> here. We'll yeah. be right back after this. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside Cam Urshry. And PJ Zuko going to continue the conversation up next on three and out. Ben Troop and Kevin Thomas diving in to the NFL playoff weekend. All right, now that you've had a chance to see everybody play except for the one seeds, who who's y'all's favorite? Green Bay. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Um. Probably Tampa. Eh. <laughs> it's tough. Probably Tampa. I guess. Lambo, baby. I can't pull I, I'm not saying I can't pull against. I can't pick against that Rams defense, man. It's nasty. Jalen Ramsey, Von see. Miller, Aaron Donald, that's... It was between Green Bay, yeah. L.A., and Tampa Bay. That's tough to pick. Uh, I'm going to say KC and the Rams. Yeah. Kansas City, for sure. I think I mean I don't know, man. Those bills. If the ones that show up on Sunday show up, <laughs> Titans. Like, that's right. That's right. Uh, three and out coming up next. Mid Troop and Kevin Thomas. We'll catch everyone tomorrow.